Hey, and welcome back to Between Sermons. We've been off for a couple of weeks, so this is a brand new podcast starting the year off. I'm excited. I hope you're excited as we get to continue the conversation from our sermons on Sunday. And so, uh, as always, you don't have to have been a part of the church or even listen to the sermon in order to get something out of this conversation. Although I think it would be great if you did watch the sermon to kind of catch yourself up to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. And as always, I got my favorite guest, Carlton McCarthy. Favorite guest? Favorite oh, guest. wow. We're throwing it out there. <laughs> I, I think if, if you, I mean, if you look through like the, the YouTube uh, list like mm-hmm. I think your face shows up more than anybody else. In well, fact, probably. there's times when I'm not on there, but you <laughs> <No>. still are. <laughs> I'm like the fill safe. <laughs> you're the backup because literally your desk is on the other side exactly. of this wall. <laughs> right. Hey Carlton, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like, hey Carlton, we forgot to get somebody for this week, so uh, you want to come on in? Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think this is great. We we have good conversations. Uh, there's a danger anytime you and I have a conversation about stuff because we have very similar personalities, very similar ways of thinking, yes. looking at things. Uh, I guess I should have been an accountant in a previous life or something. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but yeah, we're both a little bit uh, analytical, mm-hmm. a little bit black and white. Like it's just right, cut and dry. Right. Like truth is truth, and <laughs> yes. stop being emotional about it. Exactly. Which which makes it for a really great office environment. <laughs> yeah, that same culture is not a yeah. doesn't do so yeah. well when we're leading. They come to me for some love, and they don't get it, and then they're like, "Well, let me go to the executive pastor." <laughs> Thank God for Pastor Asa. Uh, yeah, man, for real. You know, we had to bring in a guy that just exudes love right. in order to balance us out. Right. But uh, we, so we kicked off a brand new series on Sunday called mm. Kingdom. And uh, funny thing is, I, I saw like eight other pastors that I'm connected to that also started a series. Oh, wow. Like either the exact same thing or something so similar that I'm like, did we steal from you or did you steal from us? Well, like, maybe there's a movement. I, I, to that's start what a I was going to say. I, I, no, I, I think that the Holy Spirit is like, you know what? I, I think people need to start the year off with a better focus. Yeah. I think, I think that's what's going on. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're starting with our focus, uh, not on ourselves, but on the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got to ask you the question that you're hoping that I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> Carlton, what is the kingdom of God? Oh, man. Yeah, so <laughs> what I've learned from the sermon yesterday, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, you know, for, for me, I do understand it to be um, a way of living that's different from um, the physical place that I'm in. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the rules and the authority of earth, it is not. It is the rules and the authority of how Jesus wants Carlton to live. Yep. And I take that as the kingdom. And so uh, it helps that he gives us a ton, tons of stories and parables to kind of describe what the kingdom is without describing a physical place. So that's a little tricky. uh, But I think for me, it's just um, I've always taken it as a a way to live. Yeah. So now I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, I I think the you know, we, we joke about, you know, how do you describe the kingdom? Because Jesus spent most of his communication describing the kingdom and everybody walked away going. What was he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Even the disciples came back later. It's like, Jesus, can you <laughs> yeah, rehash exactly. what you said and tell us what you mean? Yeah. I, I read through uh, earlier today during our prayer meeting, uh, I read through uh, Matthew 13 again because mm-hmm. I, I told everybody to read it. And so I was like, I, I should probably do the thing <laughs> right. I tell people to do. Uh, so I opened up Matthew 13 again. And it's, man, he, he has uh, seven parables back to back to back talking about what the kingdom of, of God or the kingdom of heaven is like. And then like in between, I think two or three of them, there's like a, a scene where his disciples say, could you explain that one to us? <laughs> right. 
my favorite thing though is somewhere towards the end of it uh he says do you guys understand what i'm saying to you and they all say yes <laughs> and i'm like no they didn't they did not clearly right, from everything that right. they're asking they didn't fully get it but right. uh yeah so it does become this complicated thing to talk about because some i you know I've, I've run into people that are like well the kingdom of god is is about the church no it's not right uh, well the kingdom of god is about heaven the physical location where you go when you die uh, no, it's, it's not, not like if you read what Jesus is talking about, uh, kingdom, I, I think the challenge is instead of describing what it is, mm-hmm. he describes how you should respond to it right? more mm-hmm. often than not. Right. So he's like, uh, okay, so when you hear the word, this is how you should receive the mm-hmm. word in light of the kingdom, like the, the way you hear the, the message of the kingdom of God, right? He, so he tells this parable of seed being sown. Is it landing on rocky ground? Is it landing right. in thorns? Right. Uh, you know, what happens to the seed? Well, and he's like, well, this is the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But, so is the kingdom a garden? <laughs> exactly. Like right. we, we keep looking at it like, okay, d- describe to me the place. And he's like, eh, it's not a place. Right. Uh, and so we, I went back to the Greek uh, for it, which is, I'm not a Greek scholar or anything. I just, I listen to people that are Greek <laughs> right. scholars and then I just repeat what they say. Um, but from, from my understanding, from several different sources that I looked at the, the Greek there, it's the reign of the King, uh, mm-hmm. is like the better definition of what a kingdom is. And so it's not really about a location at all. It's referring to the authority and the power uh, right. that God has. And so then if you want to put a location to it, then it would either be everywhere mm-hmm. or you could even personalize it and say, well, the kingdom of God <clears throat> is, is in me. Right. And right, so right. now I need to behave. And that, that's really what all of this comes down to is how does your behavior change in light of God's kingdom? Right. And, and, and I think the, the thing that we have to, that, that we do struggle with is that we are born in the world. Right. And the first thing that we understand is the, how do we live in the world? And then we come to salvation and understand, wait, wait a minute. I don't belong to the world. I belong to You've the been transferred kingdom of is, is God. Right. Yep. And now you are understanding and learning this new way to live that is in opposition to what you have been living or what you were taught yep. since you were born. And I think that becomes a real struggle for us. And yep. then it doesn't really help that Jesus is using these parables that kind of don't relate to where we are. So it takes a little bit of studying and understanding. The disciples were eleven on a regular basis. <laughs> right. The disciples were confused and they were living in the culture that Jesus was using yeah. to explain what the kingdom of heaven is. And so it becomes very difficult for us to understand that, okay, some of the things that we need to do related to our relationship with Jesus is different than how we would react in the kingdom of the world. And I think that it takes a lot of, um, you know, knowledge, understanding, some wisdom, comprehension, but also a lot of practice. We need to be practicing the way to live in the kingdom to get a better understanding of the kingdom. Yeah, and, and to complicate it or make it even more challenging is while we're living in the kingdom of God, we're still living in the kingdom of the world. Absolutely. Like our physical address is still, so So we see culture and we see the kingdom of the world and the way it wants to live mm-hmm. and the way it wants to operate while we're still trying to not be a part of that, but be a part of this other thing. But we still have to go to work, uh, you know, on Monday morning and, right. you know, we're going to a secular job and, you know, it's... There's a there's a kingdom there. There's mm-hmm. a way of operating right. within that. 
that is contrary to the kingdom of God that we're supposed to be living under. And, and it can get confusing and it can get challenging. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some practical things that we need to do in order to live on earth. You yeah. know, we need to eat and work and, you know, take care of our families in a, in a practical sense. Our children need to go to school. We need health care, yeah. yeah. things like this that we need. We absolutely need in order to live on earth. But the things that we need to live on earth and how we live on earth, I think, can be the difference of understanding our position in the kingdom versus our position in the world. Yeah. Something interesting about that, too, is I, I do run into Christians that try and compensate for that by creating like their own Christian bubble. Mm. So it's like, OK, we're going to get Christian health care and we're going to get a Christian <laughs> workplace yes. and we're going to do a Christian school. And we're going <clears> to <throat> so they try and remove everything from from the world. And that that becomes direct opposition to what we're going to talk about in a minute that you have a job as an ambassador yes. of a kingdom. Yes. Now, if you completely remove yourself from the kingdom, how are you an ambassador? Right. Like you're just representing God to people that already know him. And yeah. it, just, it just becomes a whole complicated. You mess. can't have an embassy in another country <laughs> and not do anything in the country. In the country. Like yeah. that doesn't. Yeah. No, I think a better sense. illustration would be having an embassy in your own country. <laughs> yes. Like, like I'm just like I'm, just I'm going keep, to the U.S. Yeah. Embassy in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't make just, any sense, right? And it's not for the outsiders coming. No, no, no. Right. It's just just for me. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a challenge there. Uh, we're gonna get into that a bunch in a bit. But the other challenge, and this is this is where it, it gets offensive for people, honestly. But uh, culture says you're the king, right? I mean, it's it's become a popular phrase. Like, yeah, I mean, there's brands yep. of clothing that's just all around. Like, hey, you're the king. You're a queen, you know, right. and under this kingdom of God, there already is a king and it isn't us. Uh, and so while the world tries to say, hey, you're the king, so act like it, you know, Jesus is over there going, hey, uh, I'm the king, so right. act like it. Right. right. Uh, and so a lot of us, I don't think we want to have that submission to a king. And, and I think that that may even be a hard concept for Americans mm -hmm. uh, to to grasp, because even our president, like we're not I'm not submitted to the president if absolutely biden walked in right now and told right. me to do something like, especially because they change every four years <laughs> exactly like it's just yeah it's just it's kind of it's, it doesn't apply in the same way for us today right. but right. man at that time when you say hey the king said do this or the king said don't do this right. like you have no other choice but be submitted to the king and in american culture especially we, we want to buck the system we want to be independent mm -hmm. and i want to do my own thing and i want to do what makes me happy and so we we are supposed to be a part of one kingdom while living in another kingdom while trying to make it all about ourselves when the other kingdom is saying it's not about you and it's right how do you navigate all that yeah I, I you know i think we get really caught up in our own authority over ourselves mm -hmm. you know we try to fight um you know uh, the government culture and we even you know go so far as saying that i'm my own person god made me this way but we we forget that he wants us to be transformed mm -hmm. uh he forget that he wants us to be new creatures in christ and yep. we you know fail to understand that how we are born in this world is not where not who we should be and where yep. we should be and what we should identify as yep. we should identify as being in christ and christ becomes our identity and not ourselves yep. And we, we get in a lot of trouble, uh, you yeah. know, in our relationship with Christ when we put ourselves first because it changes how we pray. It changes how we worship. It becomes about us and not about him. We don't submit ourselves to him. Um, and Jesus has got to be looking at us like, OK, 
all right, if you could have died on the cross for your sins, then you would have, but you can't and you didn't. I did. So I am your king and you need to submit your entire life to me yep. and not follow the identity that you've created for yourself. Yeah. And I think the part of what, what you just said there is it's everything, like my entire identity, <clears throat> my, everything about me needs to be submitted. I think the we run into this problem of we try and uh, just give piecemeal uh, to him mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, you can have these things. I'm going to keep these things. Like we're, right. we're having a, a negotiation. It's like, all right, well, I'll do this if you'll do that. Right. Uh, and Jesus is like, uh, no, <laughs> right, like, I'll, right. I'll take all of it or none of it. Right. Especially when we think we know what's right yeah. in our everyday lives, the, the decisions that we make, you know, the visions that we have for our, our family and our, our own lives, the, the things that we want to do, it's like, well, you know, are we doing this because of our own desires, because of the things that we want for ourselves? It's kind of a selfish motive. Yeah. But we need to consult the king to say, hey, I've given my life to you. You are my king. I'm submitted to you. What direction do you want me to go? What desires do you have for my life? How do you want me to live? Yeah. And 95, 99 percent of it has been laid out to us in his word. Yeah. So we're left in this place where. Our identity is as mm -hmm. citizens of a kingdom that has a king that isn't us. And so we have to submit <laughs> right. our identity uh, to him. And I think that that becomes, even in and of itself, such a huge challenge in, in this culture, in this day. Uh, now, I'm going to try and choose my words carefully so we don't get uh, <laughs> in trouble. Uh, so Just say corn, <laughs> <laughs> so, not, not that conversation, oh. <laughs> um, but that was funny. Um, so in our culture, if me as a white man tries to make my white manhood, mm -hmm. my identity, right. Culture tears me a new one. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. You as a black man, mm -hmm. if you don't make being a black man, the pinnacle of your Correct. identity, Yes. Culture tears you a new one. Absolutely. And so in this scenario, like neither of us can make our racial identity the most important thing about us. If right. if that becomes the, the biggest identifier in our lives is uh, I'm white, you're black. That's that's what matters most. We are missing mm -hmm. what Paul says that we're a new creation. And now it doesn't matter if you were a uh, Jew or Greek slave or free, right. if he was writing that in 2024, mm -hmm. he would say, it doesn't matter if you're white or black. Um, so how do you navigate that? So, so like I know for, from, from my side of it, it's like, well, just to, you know, that's an easy one because culture would, wouldn't be happy with me anyways. Right. But you have to navigate a different dynamic with that. Right. And, and I think that it's, it's who I trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I go in every circumstance that I'm in and I, lead with me being an African-American, me being a black American, then I have to, um, you know, uh, assume or project what's how culture is going to perceive me or whatever environment that I'm in here on earth. But when I lead with me being uh, my identity is in Christ and I am a Christian, now my faith of what happens to me is on Christ yeah. and not on society or on culture. And that gives me the confidence to say that I don't have to lead with the color of my skin. I can lead with who my faith is in. Yeah. Because if my faith and my identity is in Christ, then it's up to him what happens to me. Yeah. 
because the kingdom of God is greater than the kingdom of the world. Yeah. And if I live based on me being in the kingdom of God, then I only have to answer to God and yeah. he controls what happens to me. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of where I see this because it can get scary if you believe that the world determines what happens to you if you do not live by the rules of the world, Ooh. if my identity yeah. isn't based on what the world has given yep. me. And so I don't play those identity politics with what the world has given yep. me. My identity is in Christ. Yep. And because of that, I only answer to him. Yep. Man, that, that's a boldness to be able to have and a confidence to have. I mean, that's that's what we're all called to do. Yeah. I don't know that everybody has your level of, you know, this is what it is. A so. level of I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the right way to say that. How, how do you help somebody then that's that's struggling that's saying, man, I'm, you know, I, it, maybe it's fraternity culture or something mm -hmm. where it's like, man, I'm, I'm in an environment right now where like if, if I don't push that identity first and foremost, then they're yeah. going to they're going to claim things about me. Right. I mean, well, the first thing you have to do is understand what it means to be to have your identity in Christ. Um, because he's given us attributes, he's given us an advocate, he's mm -hmm. given us promises. Yep. Like there's a whole thing there that comes with having the identity of Christ. And the more you get into understanding, you know, my provision, my healing, um, you know, all, all the things that come along with identifying in Christ that that I can live in and that God has for me yep. is so much greater than anything that can happen to me in the world, including persecution. Yeah. Um, once you have that understanding, it becomes a joy to live in the kingdom and a joy to identify in Christ uh, because you know that that the kingdom of God has so much more for you than what the world could give you or yep. take away from you. And I think that is what gives you the confidence. My hope is in glory. My hope is in eternity. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter what the world does yep. to me or what they think about me. As long as my identity is in Christ, yep. I have that hope for glory. No, that's good. I like that. And, and I, th I think that like, I, I got to be cautious here and, and tell people like, I'm, I'm not trying to whitewash everything. I'm not trying to say well, you being black doesn't matter. Like, right. Absolutely. And engage in your culture and, and, and be right. proud of that. That totally good. It's just, it cannot be the primary. And, and I think that that's, that's really the heart of the, the, the world tries to make uh, one of four things, your primary identity, uh, your sexuality, mm -hmm. your gender, your ethnicity, or your political, uh, leaning so your right. political identity and and none of those all of those can be important parts of your life right but they can't be the number one thing and and so right. what has to happen is all of those are secondary identities that have to be submitted to the primary identity in christ so if if my sexual identity doesn't line up with what my my identity in christ right. is commanding or telling then guess what has to change <laughs> Right. right, your sexual identity. Right, the secondary identity right. has has to be submitted to the primary, mm -hmm. and and hey, maybe that gets us in trouble for for saying it as as bluntly, but uh, it's the reality of where we live mm -hmm. that that culture keeps trying to push these things as the most important part of your identity, and they're not. Right, and every single one of those has to be submitted to your your kingdom identity. I mean, political leanings. I, I, I probably lean more conservative uh, than, than anything else. But honestly, I, man, I'm totally going to get in trouble for this podcast. This is going to be a great one. <laughs> Most likely, I'm not voting in 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that is right now, it looks like the choices are Biden and Trump. And I didn't like that choice the last time around. Right. And I don't like that choice right. this time around. And I feel like I would be compromising my kingdom identity 
by backing either one of those right, men. Right. And so, look, I get it. My my God-given right as an American is to vote, and I need to vote. <laughs> right. Man, I just feel like either direction I'm, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. Yeah, I mean, God made me black. So there are some parts of me that enjoy black culture. Yeah. You know, there's some things that I absolutely love, and I thank God that I'm black, and he's given us the diversity on this yeah. world to experience our culture yeah, and yeah. other cultures. But there are some parts about our about black culture that I absolutely de detest, I, I can't stand. And so just because I'm black doesn't mean that I have to accept all, all the things yep. that come with yep. the culture that I'm in. Um, you know, so if, if you're conservative, that doesn't necessarily mean you like the person who won the primary. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, you know, uh, God has, has given us these things on earth for us to experience and enjoy. He's given us life and he's given it to us in abundance. Yep. But the first thing that we need to understand is that our priority is our identity in Christ. Yep. The kingdom of God needs to be paramount in our lives. And then everything else is second, third, okay. fourth, fifth, whatever. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, people ask us all the time, hey, why don't, why don't you talk about politics more, more at CLC? And it's like, because we talk about kingdom. Exactly. Like kingdoms are more important. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I get it. Politics are important. Like certain decisions are being made that are it's going to affect how you operate and your taxes and all. I get it. It's still not as important as the kingdom. Right. And right. If, if I only have 52 sermons a year, you know, we got 52 Sundays. You got 30, 35 minutes uh, to make one of those about politics. Yeah, it's impossible. Nah, yeah. Nah, it's, it's too many subjects of yeah. christ that we can go into that yeah. are better for our lives than going into politics yep 100%. and then once we orientate ourselves to to jesus he'll guide us in what yeah. we need to do on earth yeah. including politics and culture and everything else i mean i yeah. think that's the thing is that our focus shouldn't be on the other things that we can identify as yep. our focus our orientation should be on christ who is our identity yep. And then he will take care of us as we live in this foreign yep. land. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced that if you if you truly submit yourself to the kingship of Christ uh, and you pursue knowledge of him to, to know what he likes, what he doesn't mm -hmm. like, what all of that, when you do all of that, all the other stuff lines up in the right way. Right. Right. Like the, there may be something from your old identity, something from old culture that you're like, oh, this is really good. I don't need to correct that. If I can just get you submitted to Jesus, he'll correct it. Right. Right. So that, that's my focus. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus lived in, under Roman rule. Yeah. You know, he didn't like the things that the Roman Empire was, was doing. He paid his taxes, though. Yeah. You know? Right? So <laughs> there's some things that we have to understand. Yeah. There's parts of our culture and our yeah. lives here, and I'm calling this foreign land. I'm taking those words from you from <laughs> Sunday. That, that when we live in the world that, that that's we— That's Paul's words. He said Paul's you're no longer words. foreigners. Yeah, absolutely right? right. That we have to do here on earth. But the way that we live and how we orientate our lives need to be in Christ Jesus. Yep. So we have an identity. It's the only identity that matters. Um, that's really strong language. The only identity that matters— uh, yeah. Is the, it not? The most important. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what other identity matters? None of, none of them matter as much. If I was Eskimo, right? <laughs> right? would it matter in yeah. a relationship to my identity in Christ? So, so like, and maybe, maybe people don't know that. My, so my wife is uh, from Mexico. Uh, sometimes she's, she's Mexican. And then people are like, well, how long has she been living here? And so, and like, no, no, she's like from Mexico. Right. Like, like she didn't, she, English is her second language. Right. Uh, and so we're raising uh, multicultural kids. So like over Christmas uh, or January, what is it? January 6th is King's Day, uh, which is a Mexican holiday okay. around when learning three, something here. Yeah. 
three the three kings, the three wise men. We don't know how many there were, but this is hey, go sure. with me. Uh, the three kings came and brought presents for Jesus. So on January sixth, the okay. kings leave presents for the kids in your house. So it's part of Mexican culture and heritage, and we we participate in that. We, sure. we bring that culture into our home so that my three kids who look whiter than I do uh, will actually be raised uh, with an understanding and an appreciation for the culture that they come from. Yeah. Right. So I'm not I'm not trying to get rid of of all culture right. and man, this podcast is, is, is we're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> no, it's good. It's though. all Carlton's fault. <laughs> no. I apologize to, to Joni and Taisha. Uh, they're going to have to <laughs> figure out some way to deal with the comments on this one. Uh, but if you're still watching at this point, um, hey, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. No, but I, I understand my wife's from, from Trinidad. Yeah. And I try to get Spencer, my son to eat Palau and he's like he's no like, nope. and I'm like you're a disgrace to your heritage <laughs> your culture your legacy and he's like dad I was born in America I said yeah but this Doesn't is matter. your you're culture still part of it. it's still part of your <laughs> this culture. something that you know you you can appreciate and identify as your part Trinidadian what, get with the program what else is good in Trinidad oh curry goat curry yeah yeah stew isn't oxtail a pretty big that- oxtail is amazing yeah. absolutely yeah it's a lot of things but he picks and chooses because he has the freedom <laughs> to <laughs> what he identifies as, depending on what's for dinner. Okay, all right. Yeah. See, we're, we're we're raising up kids from different cultures. There you go. Trying to figure out how to, <laughs> how to navigate that. No, I love it. So, uh, but I, I really just I want to be able to stress for people uh, how important this conversation is, mm-hmm. how important this identity in Christ is. That anytime we put anything else above our yeah. identity of Christ, that's why I don't even like uh, when, when somebody says, you know, I'm a, I'm a blank Christian. I'm a, you know, I'm a white Christian. I'm a black Christian. I'm a gay Christian. I'm a straight Christian. I'm a whatever. Anytime right. you put a qualifier before Christianity, it, it drives me nuts. Right. Because is that identity leading your faith? Is it leading right, exactly. your discipline in Christianity, yeah. your theology, your yeah. the, the, the doctrines in which you live yeah. by? Or Because or, now or that first piece by? of the identity is shaping the secondary piece. Right, right. And right. It's, it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a Christian. Right. So, like, I don't like the, the whole, you know, conservative Christian or liberal Christian. Right. All of those. I, if, if your Christianity needs a qualifier, then you're not following Christ. Right. Like it just it's him or it's nothing. Right. And Absolutely. So, yeah, we get a little, little somebody said I was spicy on Sunday. So I don't know if this is the <laughs> spicy so podcast spicy. part two. I don't know. I don't think it was spicy because it was truth. Man, I mean, yeah, if the truth yeah. is spicy. Well, I mean, you eat a lot of Trinidadian food, so spice is different <laughs> right, for you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. So <laughs> let's sal- salvage this thing for me, man. Help help this podcast oh, me? Uh, not, not crash and burn. <laughs> uh, so, so we've got this kingdom identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're new creations. We've been transferred from uh, the kingdom of darkness is how it's described in, in those passages. Uh, that's the world into this kingdom of God. Uh, but then God does something really interesting. He takes us out of something so that he can put us right back into it. Right. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, so he, he removes us from the kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. gets us saved, gets us following Jesus, and then slaps a ambassador badge on us and kicks us right back out into the community, right. uh, into that kingdom of darkness so that we can represent him to the world. And I, and I think that that representation then is, is why this kingdom identity becomes so important mm-hmm. because we are supposed to represent Christ everywhere we go so that when people see us they're seeing 
a reflection of him, mm -hmm. not a reflection of us. But if we're right. so mixed into the identity of the kingdom of darkness and so wrapped up in the culture around there that we're not reflecting Jesus mm -hmm. anymore, it, it makes us bad at our job. Like, yeah, like I, I love the, you know, the memes where it's like you had one job where right. it's like all the lines are one <laughs> right, way and then right. one's crooked. Like you had one job. That's Christianity. Right. Like, absolutely. Like you have one job. People need an example yeah. of what it is they are being asked to follow. Yeah. OK, we're, we're asking people to, um, you know, we're introducing Christ to people. And for a lot of people, they, they don't know what that means or who he is in context yep. to their to the culture that they're living in, to, you know, the age that they're living in. And they need a real life example of what it means to live as a Christian and what Christ is like. Yeah. And that's through us, through believers. Yeah. Um, we're sent out into the world so that we can be the representation of Christ to the yep. world. And so when they see us, they should be seeing Christ. Yep. Now, of course, we're not perfect, but we should be striving to live as Christ wants us to live. Yep. And that is the kingdom of God. Yep. And then when people see us, they say, you know, I, I want that because yep. I see how Carlson lives. I see how he operates. I see how he moves. I see the fruit that's in his life. There's a joy there. There's a peace there. There's a comfort there. Yep. There's love there. There must be something that's in him that's different than what I see around me. And that's Christ Jesus. That's my identity in Christ being yep. shown out to everyone in the world. Yeah. So that when people see me, it sparks conversation. It creates some interest. And then I'm able to share the love of Jesus to them and they can get it tangibly. Yeah. No, so I, I love this idea that like when we when we read scripture, when we approach uh, the, the text, that when we make it all about us, we, we miss a lot of the point. Mm -hmm. uh, of what it is that that it is really it is just so that we can be a reflection of him so right. like he says uh you're salt right mm -hmm. like the, the purpose of the salt is to be useful right, right? and he even says if, if the salt isn't useful what do you do with it right you throw it away trash it right and he says you're a light right like you're you're supposed to be illuminating him in the world there's a world of darkness so he says all right you're the light go, go in there and shine brightly for me Right. Uh, he says that we're supposed to produce fruit, right? The fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about this in the past. Like, does the tree eat the fruit? No, the fruit no, is not for the, the tree. The fruit right. is not for the tree. The fruit is for, for those around. And so when we make uh, Christianity and our walk with God all about us, and it's like, well, I need this from God, and I need this from him, and I need, I need this. It's like, man, okay, turn your head the other direction because you're, you're, yeah. you're looking at yourself, and you need to be looking at the world. Right. Uh, because God has sent you as an ambassador. Uh, and we need to represent him well. Yeah, there needs to be a trust that all of those things will be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. If a country has an embassy with an ambassador in another country, believe you me, that country is going to back that embassy yep. and that ambassador. Yep. Anything that they need, they should be able to pick up the phone and make a call yep. to get what they need. The provisions of the country is in that embassy. And even though they're detached as far as distance and they're in a foreign land they have all the rights and access and everything that's in the country that they're from yep. now they have to operate in this new country in this foreign land with yep. the people and their culture and their way of uh operating the infrastructure and how yep. they live but just like we are part of the kingdom of god and we live on earth we have access to what the kingdom has for us yep and so we should be able to pray and to call on God 
for the things that we need while we're here living in the the kingdom of the world. Yep, absolutely. I I love it. I I think that there's there's a natural component of that where like like you said, uh, an ambassador is being provided for by his home country. Yeah. Uh, same thing is true in the supernatural mm-hmm. side. Like, hey, he's sending you out in the world, but he's he's providing for you. He's he's protecting you. He's he's guarding you. He's he's doing all of the, the provision side of things right. um, on your behalf. And I think that we need to rely on him in that uh, right. more than we do. And if we seek him, then we we yeah. our seek faith first, and trust is that he's going to take care of all the other things. Yeah. And, you know, that should completely change how we think about how we're living here on earth. Because if we have a selfish mentality, well, you know, God, I really want to be an ambassador. Um, I want to create disciples, but, you know, I need to do for myself first. And I'll get with you as soon as I can. Once I get this business taken care of, once I I earn a certain dollar amount, once I get to a certain level of wealth, once I'm comfortable in my living here, then I'll be able to focus my attention on you. And the kingdom is the opposite of that. Yep. The kingdom is focus my attention, my energy, all yep. that I am on the kingdom of God yep. and what he has for me. Yep. And then through me, he's able to not only take care of me, but the yep. people that he wants me to ambassador yep. for. Yeah, the, the world says me first. Right. Uh, and that's uh, honestly, it's, it's how we're born, right? We're born into to darkness. So we, we are raised thinking me first, me mm-hmm. first, me first. Right. You have to teach people how to not be selfish. Right. right. Like you don't have to teach your kid how to be selfish. They they come out knowing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well. I, I think most <laughs> kids first words is no yeah. or mine. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, we just have to within this context of I'm, I'm part of a kingdom. It has a king. It's not me. Uh, and he's given me a job to do. So mm. I, I need to do my job. I need to make this. Uh, whole thing about him and stop making it about me right uh, and what what makes me happy what makes me comfortable because I, I think when we have that uh, that me first kingdom it just it just messes up our mm-hmm. ability to do anything that God's calling us to do uh, and especially to be able to do it well yeah because we're always judging what God wants us to do with the thing that we have set as our desire yep. or the the direction that God wants us to go yep. in for kingdom's sake yeah. with you know, a vision that I've created for myself here on earth. Well, God, I wanted to do this, but you're calling me to do this. Well, you know, that, that kind of doesn't go with the thing that I want for myself. I I think it's even worse than that. I mean, how, how often does the vision that we have for our life, do we try and justify it with God? We're like, right. You know, but, but God, if, (laughs) if I get all that money, then I can tie more to you. (laughs) But God, if I get famous then I can use that influence yes, for your I glory. Yes, I got a platform now to, yeah, it's to like I got, preach the word exactly. or spread the gospel and, and or whatever. So many people start with this me first kingdom, and it's mm. like, but if, if you'll allow this, then I'll be more effective. It's like, right. can you just trust him with the plan? Right, Because maybe yeah. maybe his plan for you is to not do any of those things. Right. Uh, and a lot of times we, we do. We, we try and justify our plans and saying, but my plan is good for the kingdom. Right. Uh, it, it's really good for me and it's kind of good for the kingdom. So it's a win win. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just we, we've got to stop the foolishness. Yeah, absolutely. God's looking at us like, you know, exactly what's best for the kingdom. Right. <laughs> a kingdom that you can't even explain back <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. You know exactly what's best <laughs> yeah. for the kingdom. Yeah. You know, we got to trust that God has parts all over the world and and all of humanity for all of human history. He has a plan. 
And who are we to tell God how he should conduct his plan for all of humanity, for the salvation of all of humanity? I don't even know what's humanity. good for my life. How am I going to be the exactly. one to come up with a plan for all of it? Yeah, it, it's just wildness. Yeah. So uh, so it, in the message on Sunday, we, we try to make it as practical as po- possible for people to grow in this ambassadorship, mm-hmm. right? So like if if you got a new job, you'd, you'd hope you get some on-job training. Like yep. somebody would tell you, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. And so we tried to lay that out and, and I gave people uh, three things and I'd, I'd love to just kind of get your take on each of them. Mm-hmm. So what I said is uh, we need knowledge because you can't represent what you don't know. Right. You need wisdom uh, because you need to know what to do with that knowledge that you have. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest one uh, is character. Right. Uh, I don't care if you don't know nothing and you don't know how to use nothing. <laughs> as long as you walk in character, yep. you're still a, a better reflection of Christ than people with all the knowledge in the world tons of wisdom but right man how many scandals have there been in the last few years of pastors and christians and right <sighs> <laughs> but you're not going to go there in this podcast <laughs> just trying well, to be another keep podcast us on for later <laughs> just trying to keep us right. on here no my, my job is not to to bash people mm-hmm. and to talk talk about what what other ministries are doing or not doing and, right, yeah. and to lay judgment on things that I, I know nothing about. Right. I, I tag all those as not interested on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. I had, there's man, the algorithm was going nuts for a while. It just kept giving me stuff. And I'm like, I know <laughs> you're interested no, in this. No, stop it. <laughs> right. No. Uh, but I, I forget about everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, it's me and, right. it, and it's God. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be the best representation of him as possible. And the only way I can do that is if I'm walking in character, right. but to take, take, take all three of those. So, uh, when it comes to knowledge, what, what do you, what's your knowledge level of Jesus and how does it improve? Yeah. I mean, there's a baseline need to understand what in the world are we even talking about? Where does it come from? There's a source of information that's there that provides us with the foundation yeah. of all of this. And that's the Bible. You know, the, the, the kingdom is expressed in the entire Bible, but in our yeah. gospels, Jesus expresses the kingdom, you know, m- yeah. more than anything. I think yeah. Matthew has over 50 yeah. times where Jesus mentions yep. the kingdom. 80% of all of the New Testament mentions of kingdom happen within the gospels and out of the lips of Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like um, one and a half times every page in a traditional <laughs> yeah. Bible yep. that you'll get a, an example yep. of kingdom coming from Jesus. And so that's the basis of my knowledge, right? Um, and then with that, I need to have understanding of that. I need to be able to, um, you know, get dig deeper into resources yep. and other reference scriptures. Yep. I need to read through Paul's writings to, to get a, a better understanding of what the kingdom is and what it means for all of humanity. And, and I think that's the start of knowledge, at least for yeah. me it is. So I think I've asked you this question. We did a, a podcast a while back <laughs> about Bible reading and all that, but what's, what's your go-to translation? Uh, New NLT. Living Translation, because I'm not that yeah. smart. You're an NLT guy? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I'm not that smart either. So I do ESV uh, to pretend to be smart, and then yeah, I do the ERV. English Standard Version. Yeah, so I do the English version. Standard Version, yeah. which is arguably like one of the two most like well respected yeah. so ESV mm-hmm. and uh, NASB are probably the top yeah, two yeah closest to um, actual translation yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then I, I'll also read the ERV because sometimes I read the ESV and I'm like I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah. people are like wow Brent you're so smart and are like no I'm, I'm an idiot yeah. no, the I'm, New I'm Living really Translation dumb. to me kind of reads like a story that yeah. I can receive Yeah, yeah. if that makes sense yeah, yeah so yeah. I do like that yeah so yeah, I, I used to do NIV NLT 
and then I swapped yeah, NIV yeah, yeah. for ESV, and I swapped NLT for ERV. There you go. And right. I think both of them, like, it, it's like I had two that were kind of middle pack, and then I went really, really simple, <laughs> and then really, really not. <laughs> so I need to graduate to an easy-to-read version, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Downgrade? Is that, is that what that is? I'm so sorry for whoever produces the ERV that I just refer to it as a downgrade. Well, I mean, it's great, you know. I love the ERV. Yeah. Uh, although I, th I used it on Sunday, and it, it translated um, – compassion uh, to feel yeah, sorry to for feel sorry for you. i was like no no i'm not on board with that one it didn't need to be that easy to read yeah it no. could just use compassion yeah, still use compassion it's more accurate right, right. Uh, okay so how do what does bible reading look like for you do you use a, a devo do you use a bible reading plan are you a hunt and peck like you just flip it open and point at something and no I, I use a bible plan for okay. for sure um i'm in chronological we started the year so i'm in the mm -hmm. chronological bible now um but I, I like reading books of the Bible, and then when I read the book, or before I read the book, um, I try to do a little bit of the survey of the book to get an understanding of the context of the culture, yeah. the government, you know, what's, what's happening in the book. Um, I do a lot of Bible projects to kind of help navigate yeah, yeah. that for me. Um, if I'm getting into something a little bit deeper, say I want to get deeper into a parable, I love Life in Christ by Charles Spurgeon. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll get That's an good. author or, you know, some books that kind of dig deeper on a particular topic. Yeah. But the, the, the baseline is just reading the Bible in chronological order because yeah. I read it as a big story. Because yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of guy that, like, I want to know what happens next. <laughs> like, I don't want to be reading First yeah. Kings and then jump over to First, you know, Chronicles and be like, wait a minute, I just read this. Yeah. It's the same story. No, I, I want to read it as a big story. Yeah. I want to know what happens next and like how it. we end up where we end up. Yeah. I'm trying something new this year. Uh, I don't know how what's going to work out. I'm I'm just focused on the New Testament this year, um, which is hard for me. Like some people focus on the New Testament because <laughs> yeah. they hate the old. I love the Old Testament. I love like, the Old oh, Testament. Yeah, so much richness in the Old Testament. So it's actually a, a sacrifice for me. <laughs> just focus on the new. Yeah. But I'm um, I'm actually doing something. Um, I think it was uh, actually it was John Bevere that I, I heard talk about it one time. Which he's coming to our first love conference. Absolutely, which is be Friday, kind of uh, January twenty sixth, January twenty sixth, seven p.m. It's gonna be yeah. awesome. Uh, but anyways, he was talking about his Bible reading and basically he just buys a Bible and just starts going through it, reads until he gets something from it and then puts it back on the shelf uh, and then oh, picks wow. it back up and picks up where he left off and highlights things and takes mm -hmm. notes and has a whole system for it. But he's like, it'll take me two, maybe three years to get through a Bible uh, and then I get another one and I start over. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Wow. And so I'm taking a similar idea. So I found this thing uh, where it's basically, it's the New Testament, but they're individual books. Uh, so they mm -hmm. go into like this one binding altogether, but you yeah. pull them out one at a time. So it's just the book of Matthew and it's a total separate thing. Oh, nice. Um, and it's the scripture on the left-hand side and it's uh, lined paper on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. So you're reading and you're taking notes. And so I'm taking a much slower time. Like when I would usually read like three to five chapters uh, a day, it's like I'm barely getting through one chapter yeah. now, but I'm spending more time. So That's why I stopped reading application Bibles because I don't know. I, I know it's not a think? race for me. <laughs> okay. um, I know it's a marathon and not a sprint, but I would compare my thoughts with <laughs> The, the other guy? Uh, yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the application. The editing team? Yeah, the editing team. And I would be like, oh, okay, I see where they're going with that. But you know that this could also mean, and then I just get yeah. stuck. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to stop this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking my time, but yeah, that's, that's another process. Okay, so that's, that's knowledge base. Yeah. Um, any other places where you gain knowledge? I mean, church, you know, our, our sermons. And, and it's, I get the privilege of sitting in sermon planning. 
Yeah, and sermon planning is when all the pastors get together and we dissect the scripture, we look at the sermon, um, we you know help the speaker put it together, that kind of thing. And and that's, you know, I get a lot of knowledge and understanding, background information about what's going to be preached on yeah. Sunday from there. And then Sunday service, I, I bother my wife all the time. I said, you know, we talked about this, being a part <laughs> of this, and, you know, we, we can expand this and talk about this. And she's like, I just want to hear the sermon. <laughs> but uh, Sunday sermons are, are fantastic um, to for us to pull out Scripture and unpack it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's just a brilliant way to get more knowledge of yeah. what we're reading. Yeah, I, I think that the, there's a danger happening now where um, – sermons become TED Talks and they, they become more entertainment mm. than knowledge based. And uh, I just want to always be cautious of that. Like, I'm not one of those guys like, man, preachers shouldn't be entertainers. No, I think they probably should, too, mm -hmm. because you, you like Jesus was a good communicator, like telling stories, yeah, telling parables. Like people were like, oh, yeah. tell me more. I want to hear how this ends. Uh, so, like, th there is something to be said for the entertainment side of, mm -hmm. of preaching. And I even hate using the word entertainment because right. that's not the point. But. Anyways, uh, so I'm not super hyper on that, but I, I think that the the meat of it, like the the message, should be giving somebody something to run with. Yeah. Right. Like if mm -hmm. if 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 I'm listening to a sermon and it gets me all hyped up and I'm all excited and the preacher's, he's entertaining, right? He's shouting and it's it's exciting, mm -hmm. but then he says amen and I'm like, now what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what am I supposed to do with that? Like. I, I feel let down. And so I, tr I try not to do that as a preacher. Yes. Like I want to make sure that I've given you something to either talk about, think about, or do. Yes. I, I do this with my wife sometimes and she'll listen to someone and I'll say 15 minutes later, I'll say, did he go back to that scripture that he referenced <laughs> at the beginning of the sermon? You've told me the story before, so I know which preacher you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, okay, when he gets to the actual sermon, call me <laughs> it's like 15 minutes later like, so what was he doing all that time <laughs> yeah yeah dangerous yeah. all right so knowledge i like that and there, there's tons of resources out there but we, we mm -hmm. need to be we need to be students i think as, yeah. uh that's one of the things that i love about this word discipleship like disciples disciples were students like they they had a master and they sat at the master's feet and so as as a disciple it was like okay teach me right right uh, and we needed to be doing the same thing mm -hmm. today all right so you need wisdom though because if you just know stuff, but you don't know what to do with that stuff, you got a big head. Yeah, that's, that's all you got. Right. Uh, so how do you gain wisdom? Yeah. So this is a hard one because the way that I gain wisdom is that I think God actually pushes me out there to go try and do something, <laughs> um, which is going to be very scary Sing because, you know, much like the the disciples, you know, they were receiving information from Jesus, and then they were watching Jesus do things. And then Jesus brought them along to participate with him in doing things. And then Jesus sent them out. And in that process of watching, participating, and then being sent out is when is where they gain wisdom. Yep. Because there's some cases where they got in trouble for not having fruit of what Jesus yeah. told them to do. And so they're like, okay, Jesus, this isn't working. And Jesus is like, well, you needed this. Yeah. Like here's more knowledge to apply to yep. the circumstance that you're in in order to accomplish what I'm doing yep. or what I want you to accomplish. Yeah. And then and then there's enlightenment and that's where wisdom comes from. Yep. And for me it's like the trial and error of the application of knowledge brings wisdom. Yeah. Absolutely 100% agree. I would just say before that moment though, Holy Spirit. 
because because here here's absolutely the, so like and and it's it's funny because you can use your illustration so the disciples they ask all kinds of questions mm-hmm. they're gaining wisdom that way but if you look at like Peter Peter is still saying stupid things even after he's sent out <laughs> right. and then coached and then yes. said you're Satan stop yes. it um, right right you know like Peter is just constantly just open mouth insert foot like he's just right all off and then he preaches the first sermon and thousands come to faith and he speaks with wisdom and like yes. there's a depth to his understanding it's like okay what happened right between acts chapter two where peter does this and you know the end of the gospels when peter was still like cutting off people's ears and like just exactly. being reckless and right. crazy and so where did the wisdom come from well what happens right. in acts chapter one right the holy spirit, the comes, holy spirit down. comes absolutely so yeah. there, there's a holy spirit moment and all of a sudden this guy yeah. that Wisdom is not how I would describe Peter in the Gospels. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But and, he is after. And the Holy Spirit is a key source in us applying the knowledge that we have. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit will move us, direct us, influence yeah. us to go out and do the thing that we've been studying and yeah. reading and just bring it into ourselves. And the Holy Spirit is like, all right, now it's time for us together to go yeah. and do the things that you've been yeah. learning. And I, I'm going to make a, a dangerous statement, dangerous because if you apply it in the wrong way, it, it blows mm-hmm. up in your face. But there's even something to be said that there is some Holy Spirit wisdom and kingdom wisdom that does not appear wise from a natural standpoint. Like the wise thing to do in some situations is not the thing that the right. Holy Spirit is telling you to do. So there there absolutely is these these moments where it's like, okay, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit because, you know, the world may be telling me, hey, it would be wise for you to pull back right now because you're you're extending yourself too far. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, go for it. Like I'm I'm setting up this opportunity. I'm the one behind it. And so we got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, I say all that with the caution. I'm not the Holy Spirit in your life. So just because you heard me say that just now doesn't mean you should do a foolish thing. Make sure that you're actually <laughs> right. hearing from the Holy Spirit. Right. Get it confirmed right. by multiple people, and right. and then do the thing that the Holy Spirit's right. telling you to do. But the, it's it's interesting to me that there there have been times in my life when the wise thing, from a natural standpoint, was not the thing that I was being told to do by the Holy Spirit. Right, right. So because you you would think that the thing that you're doing is good, or you hope that it's good, and the Holy yeah. Spirit is like, I never told you to yeah, do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Or you're doing the thing that's opposite of what I told you told you to yeah. do because you're living or working or moving on sight. Yeah, yeah. And not your faith in me. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Wisdom, it's huge. I think absolutely we gain it from experience. We gain it from other people, as I mm-hmm. talked about on Sunday. Uh, but the Holy Spirit component of it, I, I think I can't stress it enough. Like, it just that's that's why that's my prayer for. Right. I started praying that prayer when I was like 17. So I need wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I was I was wise enough at 17 to recognize that I wasn't wise enough. Right. There you go. And that was that's <laughs> and now I'm pushing 40 and I still recognize I am <laughs> right. wise enough to recognize right. I am not wise enough. Yeah. Um, OK. And then we'll, we'll close with character because it's the biggie. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit's is not going to compete with a character that you've decided to have that's in opposition of him. And I I think that's a really big one uh, as far as this process goes, knowledge, wisdom, and character, uh, because we have to have Christ-like character. And when we have Christ-like character, when we uh, have the attributes of the Holy Spirit and we remember what Christ has said and has done, Mm -hmm. 
then that leads our character and then that's when the holy spirit can use us that's when we become ambassadors that's when we can create disciples yep. that's when we can go out to the world and spread yep. the gospel of jesus christ yep yeah what, what do people always say you know like your your talent will get you in the room but it's your character that keeps you there right right man i the number of people that have um destroyed something god was doing because of poor character yeah and the number of people i've talked to where they're, they're just like man i just you know, I know I'm messing up in this area, but, you know, God's grace is enough to it's like, OK, yeah, God's grace is enough to get you to heaven. But what about all the people that are watching you right now? Right. And all they're seeing is a reflection <laughs> of themselves. They're like, hey, he talks just like I do. He drinks just like I do. He, You know, he's cheating on his wife just like I do. It, right. There's no difference between that Christian and the world. Yeah. And how at that many point, you're just a horrible ambassador. Yeah. How many times have people destroyed other people's faith? Yeah. And Jesus based on their own yeah. character, their 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 character. I mean, yeah. our job as ambassadors is yeah. to get the good news of the gospel yeah. out to the world yep. and to bring people into a relationship with Christ. Yeah. But we can't do that uh, if if our character is tainted. Yep. You know, we could be discipling someone and bringing someone along as ambassadors and bringing them to Christ. Yep. And we're living a life that can be blamed. We are living a life that has sin in it where the, the character is just, yeah. you know, not of God. And so what, what happens is that person then loses faith in Jesus because they see the reflection of Christ in us no more. Yeah. They say, okay, well, what happened, Carlton? Your character changed. And now it's hard for me to continue to follow Christ because the example of Christ that I had has failed me or their character yeah. has failed. I see yeah. the sin in their lives. And now it's like, well, what's the point of all of this? Because yeah. you're the person that I was, and I can see yep. that now. Yep. And there's an aspect of it of, of you know, we, we teach people, you know, don't put your pastors on pedestals because they're human, too, and they right. make mistakes, too. But the, the reality is when, when you stand on a stage, you, you are in a position. I mean, even Scripture says that, you know, those who teach the word are going to be held right, to a higher standard. Right. And so. Uh, like there is a caution for us uh, in that uh, for for non non preachers or non celebrity pastors or whatever like it, it, for for everyone that we've got to have a caution with this. But so so this people probably don't know a, a ton of my story, but like that's this is part of part of why this means so much to me is um, I've called three men my pastor mm -hmm. uh, in my life that not just a pastor, but they were my pastor. Right. Three men. Two of the three had a moral failure. Uh, that's not a good statistic. No, it's not. When, when, <laughs> no. when you're, when you're <laughs> only one out of three uh, didn't have a moral failure. Now, thank God that the one that didn't is also my father. Because uh, if, if my yeah, dad right. was part of that mix, that'd be really bad. It uh, has to do the math on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Jerry. Uh, so, so, yeah, so two of the three. Now, I'll, I'll say uh, both of them, there's been repentance. There's been uh, restoration in their lives. Uh, so I th both of those are guys are in ministry today, but their ministries took a major hit. And I know of people personally that as a result of their failures, mm -hmm. they walked away from God. Oh, wow. Uh, because they saw the person that they were following, the person they're emulate, the person. And that's the danger. You're supposed to be following mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, not a preacher. Yeah. But, but when you start putting so much of your identity into, OK, this person is living this way. So, OK, that means it's true. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they fail and now you're questioning, yeah. okay, is all this true? Right. Um, it's a, it's a horrible place to be in. And so I, I've, I've sat so close to people that have had these, these failures of character yeah. that for me, like 
I don't, I don't care if I'm the worst preacher on the planet as long as my character is upright. Right. right. And, and the moment that I put anything above uh, being able to stand upright before God, um, kick me out. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. It's not when, um, when, I, when I first got ordained, I went to the mall with my son, and uh, a lady of the church, uh, a member, walked past me and said, Hey, Pastor Carlton. And I said, even at the mall? <laughs> and she said, yes, even, even at the at mall. The mall. <laughs> yeah, that's a and great lesson. That was the only conversation, that was all the conversation we had. We, we were walking past each other while, yep. while we said this. Yep. And, and I had to think for a second, wait, I just didn't, I didn't get ordained yep. for the walls of CLC. Yep. I got ordained on earth. Like, yep. <laughs> like, you know, my character, what I do, the way I live, it's, it's not that people are out there, you know, watching every move that I make or anything, yeah. but, you know, God is watching me. Yeah. And I don't know where his people are who are looking at me as an example of how to live in Christ Jesus. And so I like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was shopping, yeah. but it just hit me all of a sudden. Like, man, it's I have to live reminder. a life that's blameless yeah. everywhere that I am. Yeah. Because I don't know where God is going to use me, yep. where people are going to see me. You know, so my, my character needs to be intact. Yep. Not only that, but for my own salvation, <laughs> right? You know, yep. I don't want to be in a place in sin where there is no repentance for yep. me. You know, yep. so I think that's important. But here's here's the, we we can recognize that clearly because you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. But remove the pastor title. It still oh, applies. Absolutely. It, and it when you remove for, pastor, for, you may think it's a free-for-all. Right. right. But, it, but it applies to every Christian mm -hmm. uh, because every Christian is an ambassador. Right. Uh, and so this, you know, I, I said on Sunday, like, there are no days off. So, yeah, even at the mall. Yeah. You're, right. <laughs> you're still representing Jesus yep. uh, at the mall. Uh, at, at the movie theater, you're still representing right. Jesus. At the grocery store. Because I would hate for anybody to go Jesus. to work and their coworkers say, I thought you were a Christian. Oh, so, so super, super transparent moment. Th this is big for me too, because I, I was not this in a, the prime moment of my life. So uh, I went to a, a really big high school, tons mm -hmm. of kids, like as a preacher's son, as a lifelong Christian, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was like six, like right, speaking in right, tongues right. and baptized at six years old. Like my life was like Jesus, uh, senior year, um, somebody was asking me what, what college I was going to go to. And it was, it was a moment of weakness where I was like, man, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, I'm thinking about military, thinking about this thing. And then there's this, uh, this like church internship thing that I might go to. And the moment the words came out of my mouth, I realized I've never once admitted to any of these friends that I'm mm -hmm. a Christian, let alone oh, wow. a pastor's son. And all of a sudden I like the, it was one of those moments where I was just like, I, I don't know, maybe this church internship thing. And they were like, uh, hold up. What? Right. <laughs> and like, like in that moment, I was, I was petrified. I was like, Oh my God, looking back on that moment and those years in, in school, like, I'm like, man, I blew it. Like I'm, I missed, like, when will you have that many people around you yes. all the time? Right. Right. That you're building relationship with. I mean, the, I think today of how many people could I have led to Christ if I was a, a high school student that took his faith seriously? Yes, I, I missed the prime moment uh, of evangelism, right? Because I wasn't a good ambassador. Yeah, in high school, people knew that I was a Christian, but it didn't impact them. Mm -hmm. Me being a Christian had no impact to them. Yeah, 
And I think that's where I failed because if I have a group of people who know that I'm a believer, then their lives should be impacted by being around me. And it wasn't. And I think they, you know, because I was doing some things that was just bad, just not of God at all. And, you know, they would look at my life and be like, oh, well, Carlson's a Christian if he's checking a box on the census. Or, you know, if there's an application that said, what is your religion? He's going to check Christianity. But it's not that my life reflected that or my relationship with them reflected that. Yeah. It's sobering, isn't it? Absolutely, and 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 I, what I really want to hit is is that this applies to ambassadors, not just pastors, mm-hmm. right? It isn't just about us, and and yeah, as pastors, you know, you usually have a, a greater level of influence because there's more people that see you yeah. in that role. Uh, but for every believer, you're an ambassador, and so right. how are you representing Jesus in your community? At the HOA meeting, when everybody's losing their minds, and <laughs> sorry, I'm new to the HOA world, and it's it's a weird yes. world. But when everybody's cussing each other out and getting mad because of the garbage on the curb and all this stuff, like how are you representing Christ right, in that right. conversation? When when you're in the workplace and there's people that are cutting corners and and coming in late and you know hiding from the boss, and uh, how are you behaving in a way that represents Christ? Right. Like wherever you go, whatever you're doing, you are an ambassador. Right. So live like it. Absolutely. Because he's the king. Yes. Good way. Good. Good. Good place to start. To stop. <laughs> to stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Start and stop. Make a sandwich like Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the Markian sandwich. Yep. I love it. This is awesome. All right. Well, I don't know. I, I hope that this was beneficial to somebody. This this conversation. I, I think if I had to sum it up, uh, there's a kingdom. We don't fully understand how to describe it because it's this nebulous concept of. Mm-hmm. You know, the authority and the power of God to rule wherever he is, wherever he goes. Right. Uh, there's a, a theological concept of the already not yet mm-hmm. uh, kingdom. Uh, there's another one we didn't talk about, the upside down kingdom. Upside down kingdom. The upside yeah. down. We could have spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about the upside down. Well, kingdom. we got, you know, two more weeks. We got two of, more. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about upside down kingdom uh, <laughs> another time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just I, I want people to live with an understanding that there's a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they are a citizen of, uh, and they're the citizens, not the kings, uh, right. but they are ambassadors. So they, they represent the king wherever right. they go. Mm-hmm. And you've been taken f- out of a kingdom so that you could be sent back into the kingdom right. in a new way. So let's live like it. Sweet. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, and hopefully we'll offend less people in that podcast. <laughs> I don't think we've offended no anybody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's fine. Maybe. I try to, I try and toe the line. You see what's on YouTube these days? This is true. I, uh, wow. Wow. That's all I have to say. So we're not offending anybody. <laughs> no, this is, this is like the most like vanilla podcast ever. Right. Should be it's on YouTube. Spicy kids. at all. This is like milk. <laughs> spicy as milk today. Uh, God bless you. Hope we see you. Hope to see you around uh, next time.